Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey, pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit powered by Lyft Aviation, which is, in my opinion, the best company in aviation right now. And I'm Mark. Easily. And I'm Jeff. And I got my microphone back. Sorry, everybody, for how shitty I sound. You sound like an angel uh, with carbon fiber uh, one-piece wings. That's what you sound like. One-piece wings? Yeah, (laughs) with an extra wing. You sound like an angel, extra hybrid. Yeah, that's yeah. how good you sound, and a unicorn. All three. Mm-hmm. I am, and maybe um, a combination between Fergie and Jesus. I don't know, dude. I have. Uh, I think I'm going to sell my 330 SC and talk to uh, Uncle Walter over in uh, in uh, Germany and see about getting an electric extra. Because I am, I'm, I'm green now. I'm so green. Let's let's yeah, we talked a little bit about before we start uh started recording, but uh you're you're on the Tesla train. You're on the Tesla hype train now. Oh, I am drinking massive amounts of Kool-Aid. And it's so funny too, because like you know, we talk about like boomers, and if you don't know what a boomer is, then you are one. Um but basically it's just like you know, an older gentleman that like how would you describe boomer? Like an older gentleman that just doesn't want to adapt to the times. Yeah, pretty much. And not, I don't yeah. mean that like an insulting way, like they have to, but like there's, there's certain things that like I'm all, you know, quote unquote old school about. And then there's certain things that like people just do to like say they're old school. You know what I mean? Like kind of like they're just doing it to do it. Like they yeah. just, you know what I mean? To like brag about like having to work harder when they don't have to. Like my dad. Oh my God, he, dude. You're striking dude, a chord dad, with me right now that I can't talk about, but I can't wait to hear what you're what you're gonna yeah, your, so your like, example. <clears throat> totally. And he my dad listens to this once in a while. He's a pilot and then uh loving to death. But um, so like he goes in, he's like the the guy, he gets up at like four in the morning, right? Gets to the his, his office, and um, you know, he's in the office by like, you know, four thirty or five, and then like I'll call him like once in a while, you know, uh pretty often at, at like seven thirty. I'm like, hey. What's up? And I'll be like, oh, you're just getting up, huh? It's lunchtime for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> things like that. I'm like, well, why are you going to the why are you going into the office at like four? What are you like playing solitaire? Like, what do you what do you, yeah, who, what nobody are you doing? else is up at that point? Like nobody you're just doing it to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's lunchtime, huh? <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, but yeah, so know, I got a um Dude, my my uh, in laws are the exact same. I love them to death. Um, yeah, like yeah, my wife's parents are amazing. Um, they own uh, some people know this, but they own an, and you. I, I think I told you this, but they own an Ace Hardware store. Yeah, and they have for several years, and it's it's a small store, but uh, does a lot of revenue. And uh, in the country, it's it's within the top ten. I think it's actually even within the top five in terms of revenue per square no foot. Shit. So it's it's a That's... it's a cool store. Yeah, and I think it's the second smallest store square footage wise it's a it's a really for a hardware store you know it's not a freaking home depot it's a pretty right pretty tiny a little lean store. machine yeah 
Um, and her dad bought it. Um, they, they've owned it. Um, I, I don't know. Oh God. It's gotta be 20, 25 years, probably. I think something like that, okay. maybe more, but, um, yeah, you know, he's in there. He, he wakes up at, you know, four 30 in the morning yep. store opens it at eight, but he wakes up at <laughs> 30 in the morning, Yeah, he gets in there, you know, two and a half hours before it opens. And it's just like, it's gotta make sure everything's, everything's perfect. You know, yeah, even like though he closed like- it. You know, the yeah. night before, he, you know, it's just, uh, but I love it. Cause I, you know, that's, that's, that's certainly not our value system. And it's funny. Cause my wife and I, and, and you you guys are the same, like it's, it's, we try to work smarter, not harder. And they yeah. are work hard. The hardest you work is your value. You know, that's, yeah, that's it. Um, if you're not in the office, you're not working. Cause yeah. it's funny. Cause like I'll bring my computer and my phone and I'll, I can work, you know, obviously there's, there's certain things that I have to be physically there for um and you know emergencies or you know whatever i have scheduled to fix or just you know meetings wise but like for the most part like i can work from my phone like i can talk this you could talk to somebody on a phone just the same as in the face you know so like a lot of times you know when i go into the store and everything i'll sit at the bar or whatever the heck like i love my customers to death but you know they come up and talk and like if you're in a flow like you get out of your rhythm and you know, and, and it's hard to get work done and you're having the same conversation over and over and over again. Totally. And um, so, you know, I set up a little, I wouldn't call it like an office. Like I just have like, like a workstation at, at the hangar and um, I'll work at the airport. And like, I just, you know, once in a while I'll get the joke from, from my dad or, or somebody else like, oh, just, do you ever work? It's like, yeah, dude, I'm literally working right now. Like I'm on like a yep. conference call or, you know, or I'll just be like, uh, we have like a, uh, communications platform where all of our managers can and employees can communicate from with any issues. So like you texting and everything like that, but they just, they can't get it through their head. Like you're not, if you're having fun, you're not working. <laughs> yes. If you enjoy it, it's not work. And if you're that not, not work, like you have to like, like you own a coffee shop, right? So mm-hmm. like you have to somehow figure out a way to commence manual labor, right? Cause that's yeah. work, right? Like like making cups of coffee is is not work, you know, lifting coffee beans. Like you have to order no. like, you know, 50 pound bags of, of of raw beans and just like you you have to be the one to offload them off of a truck, put them onto a pallet, and then you carry them into the store. Then you're like, okay, that's that's an honest day's work. Anything yeah, else just is like every day yeah. move them from like one spot to another for no reason. Yeah. I remember like growing up, my grandfather was super hardcore. Um super hardcore dude. He was like five foot five but just angry dude um in a good way i guess but um you know we'd we'd be working construction um and you know we were all laborers my brothers and my cousins and i um and if we were done sweeping or whatever he was just ran not randomly but like he would see it we're done like all right go outside just go dig a hole and i'd be like what he'd be like yeah just start digging I'm not making this up. This is a true. No, story. I believe it. I absolutely believe this. And I'll be like, Grandpa, like, what do we, what do we got to put posts in or something like that? And he'll be like, No, you're not. I'm not letting you. St- I'm paying you. You're not going to just stand around and do nothing. Go dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, like as the generations go, you know, so on and so forth, you know, we get a little bit less fucked up. So yeah. Mason might have a chance. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <Having> a normal life. <laughs> You know, it's funny. It is it is really funny because um my wife and um her brother, my brother-in-law, are they're kind of transitioning to maybe take the ace hardware over. 
Um, oh, and they're cool. both educated. My my brother in law is a lawyer, extremely smart, intelligent human being. My wife's got an uh, English degree, um, teaching degree. You know, former teacher. Like you know, they're not no slouches, right? In the education department. In fact, I'm probably I'm slouch myself. I'm, I'm the I'm the idiot. You know, um, and just watching them kind of come into that world of I hate to say boomer, but like let's be real, that's what it is. You know, coming into yeah. the boomer world, the boomer mentality. And they mentioned things uh, like her, your example is perfect. Like uh, doing work somewhere else, taking the laptop and being able to do work somewhere else. You know, that store needs things like ordering, by the way, guys, I'm sorry, we're going to get to flying here in a second, but this is, it is fascinating. It's so relatable. I'm sure people are enjoying this. It is so relatable. It is super relatable. Um, But like they mentioned, uh, like my brother-in-law mentioned to uh, his parents, like, well, let's, we can, do get the system on a laptop and then we can do things like inventory ordering and checking from anywhere. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? You have to go to the store to do that. Yeah. It's like, like no. no. And you'll be like, you, you yeah. have a laptop <laughs> and you can do that from anywhere, like from your house. Yeah. You could order, if you need to order something, you could just do that. You could wake up in your PJs and yeah. log in. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, but you they to, won't do it. You have but to they get won't up do and drive it. in the rain. You have to drive in the rain, uphill in the snow, both ways. Curse of traffic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they just it's there's really no funny. and you'll ask them, you can ask them, be like, well, why? And they'll be like, well, you just you just can't. That is the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Don't I even ask it. why. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it is funny, you know, because you think um and I'll tie this in and maybe people will disagree, but like looking at at how um and I, I say this peripherally right like i get to watch you um i'm super fortunate i get to watch you know and and talk to intimately the best aerobatic pilots in the united states arguably some oh. of the best in the world that have ever done it about how they train and why they train and who they train with and how often and and what they're doing when they train right would you equate the way we train in the u.s and i say we as a whole i i don't train but you know what i mean um as almost old school boomer and you look at the French and you're like, that's millennial, new, new school. Just um, how, how different they are in terms of the mindset. Yeah, I think, I think you, that's a great segue, dude. Cause I didn't know what we we're going to, we usually spitball sometimes. And this was going to be like a spitball podcast, but that's, yeah, you just entered, you've entered the Thunderdome. Um, Let's go, baby. Yeah. I think it is boomer. I mean, cause it is, it is a very like. Um, like when you go to a contest, whoever works hardest, like feels like they get they they work the, the most. Yeah, exactly. Like putting gas through the tank. Yeah. Um, but like the contests Getting itself are, are very stale. You gotta like have an in, sometimes you gotta have an in. I, and I'm saying every contest is like this. Like I again, I think California is outside of Chapter 23 down in Florida with Sebring. I think Florida's got um a really great as a whole. And Florida, California's got a great as a whole uh, group of chapters that that know yeah. how to run a contest and make it fun. Yeah. Sometimes, like you go to these contests and and the old guard is there a little bit, and not that like I don't love them to death, and they're not amazing and and in every way, but it's in some ways sometimes it's a little unwelcoming because it's very intimidating for a new pilot to come into contests, you know, especially because most people that get into the IAC, um, they're not marked it's not a marketing thing that gets them there. Like they love flying. They chose yeah. like, they have a passion. They didn't for see it. So an like, ad and like, so like, like, Oh, you know what? I see this yeah. ad in, in, in trade a plane. 
I never knew this existed. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go show up. Yeah, that's that not really happen. the no. Yeah. The passion's already there. So like they know all the top guys. So like just like like me, like when I went to, you know, a contest in Green Mountain and Goody was there, I was like, it's like seeing Britney Spears for me, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like, holy Absolutely. shit. So like, but it's it's intimidating, like to to go up to these these guys and, um you know, and talk to them and 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 get to know them. And and Goody's a bad example of that because like Goody's the most welcoming, nicest guy in the world. But um you know some of these other people like that i know now um when i first saw them like it's a little unwelcoming and yeah um i think oh and there's that people that are still unwelcoming kinda, even when you know them mm-hmm. so like um i do think that like i don't know like this is it's such a I go off in so many tangents with this and 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 what we you know think can attract a younger demographic but like you know i was talking to I don't know if I talked to you about it yet, but I was talking to AJ about it and I thought something that'd be really, really neat to do that wouldn't cost any money. Um, it would just, you know, maybe a little bit of time in a registrar, which I get volunteer and we lack in volunteers sometimes, but what the French do um, for their nationals, um, they have teams like team wolf, which is, uh, um, Oh gosh. Uh, Vanel and the other, uh, French guy can't pronounce his name. Um, Mikael Bergeau. Uh They're oh, in that Mikael yellow plane. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have Dijon Voltige. You have the French, you know, Eva. Um, all that stuff. So I was talking to Age and I'm like, hey, man, wouldn't it be cool? Like, what's to say, like, you know, like you, you, me, and Johnny, you know, form a team and like we're, we're, we're a team, um, blah, blah, blah. Right. And we show up to a contest. And like obviously there's an individualized section of the nationals where like you have a national champion, one, two, three, whatever. Yeah. But what if there was another um, you know, we're already there, so like it's not costing money, um, thing where like you take those points that we've already gotten and you have um a team win, you know. So like it's me, me, AJ, and Johnny, you know, Rob, Goody, and Bourbon. Oh my God, this fucking powerhouse of a team right there. That's Jesus. cool. Yeah. Um, whatever. And like you get like three or four teams, right? And unlimited. And you could do it in advance. You could do it in every fucking category. So now, like, yeah. let's say like me, you know, unlimited nationals is going on. And um, you know, the known flights going, AJ goes out, bangs out a great known, Johnny goes out, bangs out a great known. I go out there and I fucking zero, right? And I don't like zero the whole flight. I just zero, right? So now I'm like pissed because like my uh, chances, not that I even probably had one, of winning are out the door. But it still gives me initiative, not initiative, um, strength, whatever you want to call it, um, to try hard for the free and the unknown because I could still gun for a team win. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, you know, any let's be real, like team sports like or individualized sports, you know, there is a lonely component to it. Whereas like yeah. anytime you're with a team, like um, I've been watching a great um, series on Netflix called uh Breakpoint about tennis, which I'm not a, not a tennis fan at all. I don't watch tennis. I would go play it, but this is getting me into it, which is a topic for a whole other day, but you know, they do singles and doubles and you kind of yeah. look at like, obviously, you know, it goes without saying it's, it's, it's quite obvious that a single is, is, is solo and, and, and it's your own thing. Whereas um, doubles, you know, yes, it's your individual um, effort, but obviously, you know, you're winning as a team. And 
you know, that might, that might be really encouraging because you might see people form and hopefully it doesn't, you know, form like exclusive factions. And I'm not going to say the chapter, but there's a chapter in California that, that does this, unfortunately, um, where like within the chapter, there's kind of an exclusive club and it's not, and it's not fun in the sense of like, Hey, let's, let's, you know, form team like prestige worldwide at nationals and, and like, you know, let's see if we can get a team win or like, let's, you know, because let's be real, like by the time you get to nationals, like for you guys, you're you're not going, you're not going to practice as as that team at a camp, but you're just you're just going to the camp. It's just kind of a, this is would be for fun to yeah, but to strategize <clears throat> and and kind of have some collective like yeah, yeah. Let's, let's try to let's this is a but fun like that, let's try to win for the team. Yeah, but wouldn't that like for me? I mean, I I think so. What I'm about to say, but like, what do you think about like? The fact, wouldn't that make you train more throughout the year and make it more quality training? Because it's like, hey, like you're in a group, you're obviously going to be in a group chat with your, and you can have as many team members as you want. It would be the, the top three scoring people of your team. Those points count. And then it's wherever you place. So yeah. like, you know, if if me, you, and like, you know, massage and Aaron, whatever the heck, we're all in this, this team together and we got a group chat. It's like, hey man, like. Uh, going out to practice and it's like oh cool i'm gonna go practice too like like we got a chance we can like kick ass as a team blah 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 like it's like motivating i don't know yes yeah. it, it helps no, it, motivating it would, it would create like more of a think tank you know because like i think um you watch so many people um not on a team level uh when i say team i mean advanced and unlimited because obviously you know you guys are going to training camps and there's a little bit more although you know i guess it it depends you still have um there's varying levels of participation in, in the team levels too. So, um, yeah. Well, the, you know, the biggest you... issue with the team, with the U.S. team, not the biggest issues, um, but I think a, a major hurdle that is, I'd say, yet to be overcame is having consistent training camps as a whole, as a team, everybody there. Right. And, and it's that's just hard due to, do. to the, it's it's near impossible because of the size. So yeah. when you start, you know, however, you, however you can make a statistic, right? You take the size of the United States, right, and statistically getting there with weather. Then you take the statistics of everybody having different jobs and having a schedule that can have a week or at least four days of everybody off at the same time. Then you take the statistics of everybody's families and all their schedules going on and how they're like, you're talking about like a 0.001% chance of everybody being there at the same time. Yeah. Whether family, well, jobs, career, health, everything like it's near impossible. And and also too, you got to take the component in of like, you know, the advanced and unlimited team for better or worse um, is similar to like a boy band. It's, it's, you mean, you may have friends on that team, but it's not like you guys decided to get, you know, the J- Jamaican bobsled team together because yeah. you're all best friends and then decide to do this team. You know, you're you're scoring and being placed in, right. during team selection. So there might be people that simply do not get along with each other. And that's that's absolutely happened um, yeah. and it will continue to happen. It's just a team dynamic of how that team is formed. Um, whereas if you if you make up a team for fun, you get to pick who's on the team that yeah. creates a little bit more positivity within the team. And then you'll have, you know, even if you don't get together for camps all the time, uh, you'll be texting every day. I mean, like we're, we're in group texts with multiple groups and it's yeah. daily, multiple times a day. You know, it's like, so if you're training or, or working on, on strategy, like you, you have some people to bounce off, you know, potential you issues like, or problems with. Look at retainage. So like, I think, um, 
I'm guessing here. I don't, I don't know for sure, but um, I think, I think it would make sense, but you know, you have a guy um, financially that can afford to fly up to like intermediate, you know, most likely like high end sportsman with like a super D right. And like just making the jump to, you know, a monoplane, you know, expense wise and time wise and, you know, trying, it's just maybe not in the cards for that particular person, but keeping him in the sport, and competing and within the IAC and, and, and having, and him being present there, if he was on a team, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking whoop ass and sportsman or like, yeah, I know the thing, but like, you know, I'm going there to hang out my buds. We're going for a team win. I'm helping out this person who's kind of new to the sport. So like, he's getting my tutelage a little bit and my experience of what I like could have learned a lot, you know, mistakes I learned and I'm having fun and we're going for a team win. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah. now that person that's just been, you know, getting bored in a category and doesn't have the opportunity to to move up or maybe like it's health wise, you know, he can't maybe he can't do it that way or whatever it is, you know, he just can't or she can't. So, um, you know, this aspect of having a team, I think, can keep people, you know, in the sport more and also like. You know, what's to say, like, you know, you need three people, right, to, or, you, you know, you could have a two-person team and just whoop ass and maybe have enough points to win, but you would need at least three people, right? So you have two people and you need a third, and there's this guy at your airport that, like, is really great aerobatic pilot, but, like, maybe he heard some, like, some bullshit with, like, politics in the IC, which, honestly, there's politics everywhere, but it's not really that present in the IC. And, yeah. um, you know, he just hasn't you know, had the, uh, just hasn't jumped into it yet. Right. So now these two people are going to corner him, or at least I would with whatever friend I was with and be like, Hey man, we need you. Like, just try it out for a year. Come on our team. It's a fun thing. Like it's, you know, if you don't do good on the first flight, like it doesn't matter. You can still help us out. Like we're all in this together. We're, we'll, we'll have some fun training days throughout the year. It'll get you motivated to come out here. Um, blah, blah, blah. We'll make some shirts. We'll get some team wear. Like it'll be yeah. fun. And like, I yeah. think that would, you know, help, you know, get people that, you know, cause let's face it, it's really hard to get the guy who's, or the, or the, or the kid who just started learning to fly and it's expensive as heck and getting, you know, going for an airline eventually into aerobatics. It's just, it's really hard, but there's a lot totally. of aerobatic pilots out there that, that are extremely talented. Um, and just haven't made the jump to the IAC just because, you know, of what they've heard, which 99, 99 times out of 10, it's, it's usually not true. Um, but I think that this would, um, make them do it. I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I think maybe we can, we should, we should try to push this because it doesn't, what would it cost? Nothing. You know, it, yeah. it, would, it would cost a little bit of time to the, to the volunteers. And like, I hate putting work on people, but I think that this would be um, beneficial to it, you know? Yeah. I don't, and I don't think it would be a huge burden. And you can get sponsors as a team. Like if, if you live by me, right. And we had a, we had a third, right. Like you and me would, and this third person would hundred percent go to life. Be like, Hey, like, what can you help us out with for our team? Yeah. Or like one per one person says has a contact at gosh, um I don't know, some FBO, whatever. I mean, look at freaking um Ryan Chapman with his Sukhoi. But you know, he's fucking doing it, man. He's getting he got a sponsorship from a coffee company. 
for um for his journey to to the world event like it could be done and like absolutely you know like a lot of people won't go at you know don't want to ask for money you know because of pride like i get that totally but like you know like and i wouldn't you know as a singular person going to nationals i'm not gonna go you know as ask for money it'll be one of the last things that i do if i needed to um but like i just feel bad and like i don't know it's like you know it's a it's whatever but like as a team like i would have no problem going to something yeah you know you feel the same way about that i do i like it I, i i like that idea i love it yeah can we can we shift gears and yes. talk about your your airplane um not dilemma what would you call it your th- your thoughts of your sc yeah. and potentially How ridiculous it is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well i don't huh <sighs> it's i don't know how to describe it um it's freaking crazy. So when I bought my airplane, it was a stretch. Um, I uh, I wouldn't advise anybody else to do what I did. I kind of didn't, you know, um, really think financially at all. Um, Which and is what you have the, to do when you buy an airplane, by the way. Yeah. And I definitely overextended myself. Um, but I had a, I had a, I had a safety net. Um, you know, because if I, if I had to sell the airplane and take a loss at that time, you know, it was a loss that I could, I could pallet and, and still not, you know, um, have it hurt my family. So when I did that, what I'm getting at is the price of the airplane, um, was, uh, was a little bit above me over. So like, it was like, it was another 15 grand and over what like i thought was like ridiculous at the time so i was like you know what like and i didn't have kids at the time i was working um i had a great job and um i just i was like you know what i've always wanted a single single place airplane um you know i love airbags blah 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 blah. so i got and then this past year the market for whatever reason i think it has to do with a multitude of of reasons um uh, particularly the uh, the cost of engines and and materials, and also uh, cost of labor. But the uh, the extras have just the new the LXs and and particularly the SCs um, have shot up in value. I don't say NGs because the NGs are new and they've they've been established at at this price. They haven't really yeah. shot up that much. Yeah, they've they've, um, they've gone up what maybe I don't even know if they've gone up a hundred grand. Yeah. But I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you for instance. Before I bought my new, I was talking to um, uh, Mike Silberti about going partners, and he was just a little too far away from me to make it work. But we were looking at a um, an SC in Belgium, and it was beautiful. It was black, yellow, and red. I had like three hundred hours on it, nothing, right? And him and I, um, that plane we could have got for, um, I might be a little bit off, and if Mike's listening, I hope uh, I hope I'm not too far off, but. It was around. It was three hundred thousand or three ten, okay. right? So it'd be like a buck fifty each, but buck sixty each. Yeah, and um, you know, um, and and we thought that was a fair price, right? That was a fair price, which is like okay, um, 
And uh, so, what should we call it? So that was like, uh, I bought my airplane and my airplane's a 20, uh, gosh, what is it? Uh, 18 or something like that. So like, this is like 2016, 2017-ish time. And this past, you know, past year, the SCs right now, um, like a new SC from the factory, what is it, 450? Did we did we hear? And I like think so. that's that's bare bones. That's not shipped. No. Yeah, that's not flyaway. And so that's, like that's uh, <clears throat> not not that's not premium paint. That's not that's yeah. not a lot of things. So like you're gonna be you're gonna be a hair under five hundred thousand on the new SC. Uh, by the time you put like a, you know ADSB in, you know a fuel totalizer, fuel totalizer on them, it's like you know. Well, I don't know what the modern avionics are these days to cost, but like you know. know with certification and everything, I think you're going to be, you know, at least 475 to 490 for a stripped down thing with like ADSB. Anyway, but we're seeing them go on the used market. Um, what was the uh, the one on Barnstormers? Was it? It was 595, right? Yes, there was one that was so 595. Like, yeah, and then we're seeing like you know the NGs. You and know, it had like 150 hours on it or something. Like it was low time, but like it had yeah. it had time on it. It was used. Yeah. So like um, you know, so that just brought up the values. Like, so like I can sell my airplane theoretically. You know, what what things are listed for and what they sell for, I, I understand are two different things. But you know, I could theoretically sell my airplane and I wouldn't make a profit because all the expenses that I paid into it, but like I'd probably come close to breaking even maybe you know or whatever but like i'd make it'd be more than what i paid um a lot more so now i'm thinking it's like and everybody kind of knows how i feel about you know worlds and and shipping your airplane now and and what's going on what what my opinion is on on see all this silly crap yeah and i'm i'm really kind of committed to you know, staying within the U.S. and and competing locally and and going to nationals and and making a really big push on nationals and and really focusing on IAC type flying, um, or whatever you want to call it. And um, you know, it's like, well, this airplane, like you look at it, and like I I love I love my airplane. I I did the paint on it. I picked the colors. Like I have a real attachment to it. But it's a single place airplane that people are selling for six hundred grand. Like that's fucking. I don't have that kind of like fuck you money. Where like it doesn't like affect me mentally to look at this thing and be like, how how in the world is this thing like it's I can't justify it almost like I couldn't even it. dream about buying one. Yeah, like and I would never buy one at this point. Um, if it was like when I first bought it and the price was the price, like it, it wouldn't even wouldn't even even been a thought. Like it would have been no, like, like no. that's the thing is it's not even in a, it's it's in a new category. Yeah, it's not even like you know that's something where it's like you know what like if I get some you know sick amount of money for something like and i have this much money like maybe but like you look it's like okay i'm gonna spend 600 grand i live in new york so i'm gonna fly the airplane six months out of the year seven months at most um maybe 40 50 hours you know because each aerobatic flight for me is like 12 15 minutes so um 40 50 hours um and all this insurance money and maintenance and everything for a tube and fabric airplane made, you know, with a carbon fiber wing, which I'm not downplaying the, uh, the engineering of the airplane, but let's face it, what, what it's made out of. And, um, I'm like, I, this is crazy. So like now I'm like, 
well, what do I do? Blah, blah, blah. Because I'm not going to switch airplanes unless I'm, you know, I enjoy flying whatever airplane that is. And it's like in my head, I'm like, well, you know, I was, when I was looking for an airplane, when I was making the jump to advanced, knowing that I was going to be in, you know, move into unlimited one day, it was, um, the Sukhoi 31 or extra 330 SC. And one of the main driving points to the 330 SC was that at the time I was, I, I didn't know really well at the time I was, um, going to fly a uh, SIVA and really make more team pushes and this and that. So the SC made sense to me because you can switch in and out of the airplane overseas. Um, the airplanes to me, um, I don't want to say it's super easy to fly because it's, it's not easy to fly some of these unlimited figures, but, um, as far as how they fly, I would have to say that the SCs that I've flown fly pretty similar and it didn't take too long to, to really get too close to, uh, comfortable. And, um, so that's why I, I pretty much went with the SC because, you know, I can jump ship to ship and yeah. the 31 was, you know, that was a lifelong commitment. And, um, and just to prove yeah, and that's that, a I network really you love... have now, you have that network yeah. now, you know, it's like, if you need to go hop in somebody else's SC, that's great. If you, you know, that is a thing that, um, not that it's super common to hop in somebody else's airplane, um, until you get into a team, but like certainly, um, advanced and, and unlimited, I mean, that's a I honestly that's a consideration in in terms of kind of like what uh you know what what platform you choose because you good luck finding a, a, a Sukhoi 31 to borrow in yeah. Europe I mean I know there's I know there's a bunch there but like good luck that you know is safe and yeah everything yeah yeah because every Sukhoi 31 is right differently like there's the early 31s had one spade then yep. the design bureau moved, made them do two but I heard that all the real pilots kind of fought the the Sukhoi Design Bureau on making it a two-spade aircraft because it didn't fly as good. And then people did gap hinges. They, you know, what this one's got the Barrett pistons, but this one's got the bigger superchart. It's like they're all fucking different. They're all so different. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard um, big variations in each Sukhoi. That, I, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Big and there was a really, really nice one that uh, I was looking at. It was in Arizona. Uh, Jurgis bought it, uh, but that thing was freaking. It was a Ferris Bueller 31. Um, and um, so, yes, yeah, so I went with the SC, but now I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I'm thinking I might go fly a, a Sugoi and, and see what I, see what I feel, you know, like um, it's obviously doesn't have the, I get it. It doesn't have the performance of the SC. It's not, I get that, but if I could still be competitive and enjoy flying it and, you know, they're going for, um, they're, they're under two hundred thousand dollars, but I think you, I think it's fair to say that like a really good thirty one is worth, you know, between um, like a really good thirty one, I'd pay one ninety four. But I think like an, a thirty one that's you know been ridden hard by some unlimited guys and this and that, um, and it's kind of like a five footer or a ten footer. I think you know one hundred seventy five, one hundred seventy is is plus or minus a little bit there. Um, yeah, what you're going to pay for a good thirty one. Um, the nice thing is too is and, a lot of these on the market have have some some spares because that's that's an airplane you kind of want to keep spares and I'm not saying just necessarily a spare engine but you know you see a lot of these these ads that they, they come with an with a spare engine or yeah just spare random you know, spare parts you know prop things you like hear that. all this is crap about oh Sukhoi is not supported Sukhoi when was the last time you heard of a, a guy who owns a Sukhoi that can't fly because of spares 
That's a good point. You know, like it's just like it's hobnosh. It's hobwash. <laughs> so the same thing with the with the game birds. Everybody shit talks the game birds a little bit that like there's a couple, you know, and it's like, you know, that whole thing happened where they had some paint cracking and yeah. it was like, oh, the airplane's gonna fall. It's like, no, dude, it's yeah. fucking paint. They're like, not breaking a big deal. Yeah, like God. And let's, so, re- like, let's um, be real, that engine's a tractor engine, and every Russian airplane is built like a tank, you yeah. know. So what do you really need? The gear's titanium. Like, what do you need? And it's fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Super. You know cool. what I mean? It's uh, been fun to watch it. Marco fly his. Um, totally. I'm excited to, and, and to see Ryan, you know, what he's posted. I'm really excited. Uh, man, it might be fun to get both of them on to talk Sukhois. Yeah, I think we should wait like another month or two and like let yeah, them. Let them figure it out a little bit more. Yeah, this way they can like tell us like some crazy stories, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so like, I'm thinking I'm going to go fly a Sukhoi and see, see what's what, um, and, you know, go from there because I mean, it would, I would, it would be a sad day seeing my airplane fly away with the new owner. Don't get me wrong. But when I looked at when the next minute, when I look at my bank account, it will be a really happy day. <laughs> I think if you sold that airplane, I don't know that you, re- you would regret it, but you will miss it forever. Yeah, I you think you'll never I not think, miss it. Exactly. And I'll never buy another one. Like I at that point I would never be able to to pull myself to spending that kind of money to buy yeah. a single place airplane. That would never We've thought about that like moving out of California and like there's a lot of places like you know both coasts, you know, it's like you buy you buy new an expensive area on west or east coast and it's like yeah. you barely made it in or you bought years ago and now it's insane and it's like, "Oh, look what look what I can get for my house if I sold it today." But it's like, yeah. okay, if we move, we're never, we can never come back. Like, there's no coming back. Yeah, I, I Unless, absolutely feel that way with the SC. Like, you, you sell it for this, it's like in a couple of years, what are they going to be? Even if, even if, if the market cools, they're still going to be six hundred grand. It's yeah, like they've they've just skyrocketed. And I, it makes no sense to me. Um, it it really doesn't. Um, but hey, whatever. So like. And like the other thing too is like yeah they're listing for a super high price but like I'd like to you know if I ever get that serious about switching I'd have to have some one hundred percent fact on what these things are really selling for used you know what I mean mm-hmm. so yeah because like, listen is one thing for sure you know and, yeah and, exactly. I don't know like I don't know I don't know what Luke got Angelo's SC for I, I I don't know if he told I can't remember if he told us or not but. Um, that was yeah. kind of, I, I think they negotiated that kind of before, um, maybe a little bit during, but but not quite at the at the height of of what we're seeing now, price wise, right? Um, and so you just never know what they're actually going for. That's the thing. So like, um, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, but don't forget too, like I've been, you know, pretty much. Um, inside you know it's when it's been winter here it's been freaking freezing every nice day we have it's blowing like 35 knots 30 knots and i'm like i just don't feel like getting beat up today um so i haven't really been flying at all um so like you know i might just jump in my sc and be like what the fuck was i thinking well certainly you know um as you start getting back into into the groove and, and start working on figures again i'm sure that you know that smile on your face i'm like you're kind of you start getting in the groove like you haven't flown in a while but like you're like all right i'm gonna like you know do some warm-up and then 
just kind of let it rip a little bit. And then that, that like smirk comes yeah. and then that little feeling of like, fuck yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. That, that There's no replacement for that. And I bet that happens. Absolutely. And I bet you're like, you know what? <laughs> fuck, this yeah. sick fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. And plus like my family, like, you know, my wife's just not into, into flying. My kids aren't into it. Maybe later on they'll get into it. I'm not pushing. Like they love coming to the airport and this and that, but my buddy's got yeah. a, you know, a, we have plenty of air, I've you know plenty of airplanes go taking for rides and they're just not into it so like I'm not gonna push them so like it's it's kind of like the only person really flying is me so I don't I, if if my kids were like daddy I want to fly aerobatics and like or or this or that and like you know Nikki was like into you know going places and then I this would be um thought of more what I'm doing but yeah. you know I'm kind of like the only one you know that that does the flying so like i don't feel guilty having a single place airplane and um you know until that moment comes you know that might put be another check in the uh the plus column to sell in the airplane but um yeah it's 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 just crazy it's crazy what these things are going for um it really is and um and people are paying so like oh gosh uh, really really interesting and then even so like you know what's another um thing too is uh that chat we were talking to with um with those people about you know which airplane to buy and the, and the price target was around 140 you know 130 to one i would say 130 to 155 okay yeah and it's like what would you get i mean what would you get if if you were moving up for from a four-cylinder airplane you know whether it's an extra 230 a laser whatever the heck and you needed a little bit more thrust and a little bit more roll rate and you your budget is is your budget's 140 like where what do you what are you going to hunt what are you hunting honestly that's um i say that's a really shitty position to be in because i don't know that there like if you're already in a laser and you need that extra like a, a six cylinder pits isn't giving you anything more than a nope. laser. Um, and that's about the only thing I could think of in that price range that I would, unless you go for a, like a, not a clapped out Sukhoi, but like, you know, something that needs some work. Maybe you can find it for that on the upper echelon of that. But honestly, I'd be pivoting and doing a partnership in something, something um, composite, you yeah. know, finding an extra or an edge. You know, uh, finding a nice 300L, 300. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that might be something like to think of too. Uh, well, the problem is, is the roll, the low speed roll rate on L's and S's. They're terrible. Yeah. And that's before getting into the, the, uh, how it, how it's underverted. Um, yeah. Small tail. And, and, you know, honestly, the L, especially depending on how you rig it, it's to me feels very unstable, slow speed rolling. Um, it, it, it almost feels like it, I mean, it's, it doesn't feel very balanced to me. Now this is, again, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the worst aerobatic pilots on the planet. So take it with a grain. And I know Luke Penner can fly the living fucking piss out of a 300 L, but, um, to me, like the mid wing at 180 knots, it rolls and centers and stops on a dime. And it's extremely predictable. It feels really good. It, like it gives you a very positive 
when I say feedback, I don't mean feedback in the stick. I just mean like the airplane delivers what you're asking. Um, I, I the L fast it doesn't give me that same feeling. But look, when you're slow, like 100 knots, 110, 120 knots, and and to try to roll that thing feels extremely unstable. Yeah, not impressed. Yeah, the the rudder gets super light. It's like ready to break. Mm-hmm. Not like break break but like the stall whatever mm-hmm. yeah you gotta really finesse um, it so yeah so i don't know i was i told them cap i would go i would try to find a good deal on it on a 232 or 231ex um, it's funny because I, I um i had missed most of that conversation uh in that group chat and and kind of came back to it at the end it's it's funny that you mentioned cap because I wouldn't even, I almost, and I put edge in a similar category. It's like, I almost wouldn't even consider it because you never see them for sale. You know, it's so hard to find one for sale. Um, And would a cap only fetch that, that price point? That's what I've been seeing. Um, I mean, a really nice 232 might be going like 160, 170. But if I was like, if I still had to, that's so much airplane. I know. I think that's like, so like, when I had the 200, the extra 200, um, I was looking to move to, I was flying in advance, but it, it just didn't, you know, obviously the thing, the thing weighed like almost, I think it was 1290. So it was almost yeah. 1300 pounds and I never, you know, beat on the motor. So you can, you could do the math on, uh, on the power to weight, but, um, you know, I, it, yeah. So <clears throat> if I had to not had to, but to move to advanced and if I was going, you know, wanted something that um, presented well, you know, light, lighter weight, more power, blah, 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 more thrust. Um, I'd probably, and my price was going to remain for what the 200s cost, which is like that 150 buffer, you know, like yeah. you maybe get 160, 170, if it's really good, 200, whatever the heck, but like that area. Um, and I'm, you know, right away, I, w- I would have went t- Sukhoi 26. I get that. But like, let's say a, you're not a Sukhoi fan. Um, I'd be looking uh, Panzel or Cap. Yeah. I, I think there's, I don't know any other airplane. The problem I have with lasers is um, not that home builds are bad, but um, I don't know. I just, I kind of want something that, like, if there was 20 or 30 lasers, competing regularly or at least 10 you know where you can you know gauge its performance and how it how it really works through the sequences and different styles of flying this and that um and see it more visually not to say it can't do it um i think it would be more of a choice for me but like you know the cap the cap and the panzel are a known quantity yep and they fly really well and the laser doesn't you know from from the amount of information that's out on the lasers, those, I guess the Z300s, they call them. Um, you know, that that I would say that the caps and the pencils perform, have more performance. I would, I would know. agree with that. And I, I think laser is another one of those that like, it runs the full spectrum. I mean, you, you find really odd things done to lasers. Um, yeah. Um, there's a lot. I mean, it's kind of like Arkansas several, engineering a little bit, right? A little bit. You know, there, there's definitely some weird weird amalgamations of... i mean there's some cream puffs out like look at like matt chapman's even though it's a four-cylinder like his lasers is is built better than a factory uh-huh so like not this i'm not saying every home built is a piece of shit 
You know, when you look at like Michael Hoyes, like, um, yeah, better than the factory. Yeah. That's a beautiful airplane. Um, Dave Watson's laser is a really nice laser and they put a lot of work into that. Um, right. There's a, there's a few out there that are really nice. Um, yeah, but there's but, some bastardized ones out there. Oh, and, and I've honestly, even on the West coast, cause there's several lasers. Um, I I've seen the full spectrum, just kind of like we talked about seeing the full spectrum of midwing extras at, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at nationals. Um, <laughs> just, you look at, you know, lasers, um, with that wing have known, um, issues, right. Yeah. Wing droop, um, sagging, things like that. Um, and you look at some of these lasers, they sit crooked, the f- fucking wings look kind of funny, you know, I almost wonder, like, um, you know, like how, um, the Giles kind of the way the, the leading edge is swept, it almost looks like it has anhedral when it, when it's sitting on the ground a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, you look at some of these lasers, you're like, uh, you're, okay, that's, I see it. You're not supposed to have anhedral in a, in this yeah. swing, <laughs> but I think I see a little troop, and some it's of them are just cookie. real hunks of shit. I mean, real oh, hunks yeah. of shit. I mean, you know, I was just thinking too. I'm like in my head, uh, Sammy is probably like edge, edge, edge. It's not that much more, and it's very true. And you know, you can get a a good edge. I think for an edge five forty, not a two seat um, edge five forty, you probably get. Uh, last I looked, what is it, buck ninety? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. But like, I wonder now, like, cause the edges, you know, people, people will choose an edge 540 over a 330 SC these days, which is like, well, you have that camp, right? You have, you have the Zivco camp. That which is nothing. Like, I don't, I wouldn't judge that at all. Um, You know, I don't, I don't think that, that, that to me is like, whoever, if you're competing against, if, if an edge 540 and a, a 330 SC are competing against each other, it's the pilot. You know, if like an if a 330 SC yes. beats, uh, I'm sorry, if an edge 540 beats whatever the heck, but like it's yeah, yeah, it's nothing I against whatever. I so at, like, at that point, at, at that point, there's no limiting factor in the airplane that is preventing um the presentation from from being what it is. It's going to yeah. be the pilot. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, maybe like the SC has a teeny advantage at, at lower speed roll rate mm-hmm. and, um, just being a, you know, I like that. It's a little bit slower in the box. The, the edge is a, and it's the edge, the uh, 330 SC is a little bit bigger. So you can fly it a, a little bit higher. The edge is a little bit smaller. So you can fly, you have to fly it a little bit lower, but the like edge, you, you you're talking almost have to match the energy of an MX. It's, yeah, that's, it's very similar energy to, to an MX. Yeah, so it's but anyways, pilot. But I wonder now, <clears throat> now that the SC are basically skyrocketing as far as cost, you know, I wonder what we're gonna see. Because if I had an Edge five forty, like if I bought an Edge five forty two years ago or three years ago for a buck eighty, one hundred eighty thousand, and I just saw what these SCs are going for, like I know the performance envelope of the airplanes, like. There's no way I would let my airplane go at that point for 180,000. There's no way. No. No. And you honestly, um, those are probably skyrocketing, you know, uh, as we speak silently, right? Because honestly, the SCs, if I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say that over the last, what, I think two months, we've seen two or three SCs listed for ridiculous prices. We saw an Edge 540T. And they're gone. And then they're gone. And they're gone. Yeah, and they're gone. And we saw this Edge 540T listed. Um, it's a T, two-seater. But um, and I I don't agree with the pricing, but it's not up to me. The market 
is going to bear what the market bears, whether I agree with it or want to throw my pitchfork up at it or not. Um, these airplanes are fetching high prices. And here's here's what I want to ask. You know, you ask what airplane to get. And there are there's a market, there's holes in the market. If you look at this from a business standpoint, you know, um, yeah. Jim uh, shared a, a, a picture of his MXS um, getting ready for a test flight. So, you know, we have a new new MXS uh, on property, wings on, ready to go. That is going to be in the, um, I don't know, the ethosphere, right? Um, and that, that might release an SC from Jim, or he might release this or keep both, whatever. Uh, that's for him to decide. And I hope he comes back on the podcast to tell us more about it. Um, but, you know, rewinding and looking at how MX um, was positioning itself to sell kits, they have sold kits before. Um, they don't have the capacity to probably do both right now, is my guess. Zivco is still a company, arguably one of the better composite um, aircraft manufacturers out there. I mean, like who does who does better composite work than like Grove and Zivco in the United yeah. States? You know, they're they're way up there. Yeah, there's there's very few. Um, how does Zivco not say you know what? And I remember I used to like I used to hunt on the Zivco website and like they had the pricing on there. And I forgot before the the pricing of the uh the uh 540 V2 like disappeared off the website. I forgot what it was, but it was some like ridiculous price, like some stupid low price, you know, like it might have been 135, you know, or some, some stupid price for a new Edge 540. And this is obviously, you know, a decade or so, maybe more ago. Um how do these how how does somebody not step up somebody to to ramp up i mean zivco has to have the tooling obviously they probably don't have the capacity to do it but like even if they came out at at 300 right now over yeah. double the price of probably where they last stopped producing the edge 540 double it and you could produce it in marketable numbers you know maybe um i don't know what what extras doing in scs a year how, how many do you think they do a year Less than less than thirty, less than twenty. Yeah, I think they're maybe they're one a month. Pump. Yeah, I think they're doing like twelve to fifteen a year. I mean, and then yeah. some years vary. Yeah, some years vary. Obviously, it depends on the demand, right? If they get a huge backlog yeah. for NGs, you know that that takes manufacturing power. But if if Zivco were to stand up tooling and manufacturing and build thirty Edge five forties a year. And then price them below the MXS, MX2, and SC. Yeah. That would be a game changer, in my opinion. And yeah, you'd have everybody buying those things. Oh man, that's definitely something that if somebody knows Eric Zivko, I love I love to know if he uh, would have any interest. I think that like I don't you have think all these manufacturers yeah. kind of line in wait, right? Like you have yeah. you have Panzel that is like, I'll make you one, it's gonna cost you this. Um, and yeah. so nobody's buying. You know, Aviat, nobody's bought a pits in years, and and I'm sure nobody will ever buy a new pits again. Um, if they do, it's fucking crazy. Um, Zivco is still a company. Um, and then MX is like, you know, they're cranking out. God, if they crank out five airplanes a year, I'd be fucking shocked. You know, yeah. so that's, you know, can't count on them in terms of like the market. You know, all these are, uh, extra game bird all have huge backlogs, 14, 15 month wait lists to you get know, anything from them. I'm just thinking out loud because there's another thing I wanted to, to mention about the topic too, but you know, with Gamebird and um, 
and uh, everything. <sighs> to me, my gut saying this would never happen, but <laughs> we talked about this like many times. Um, you know, Gamebird doesn't have a single place airplane yet, no, or or any, and we've heard nothing in the works, and um, but like, and it's not, it's <sighs> not even, it's not even a pipe dream at this point because they're. The GB2 is is and it's public now, but it's a firefighting airplane. It's it's a seat. It's a single engine yeah. uh, air tanker. So um but they must not, think like... they, they must think that single place canopy just kind of fits the bill. And I, guess. I dis I disagree. You know, it's like if it really at that level, the top level, you need a single place airplane. You need you need the weight reduction. Um yeah. you need a single place airplane. Nobody's like, nobody's doing the adva- uh, the unlimited team in a two place airplane, really. Right, but it, it you know if it's a question of if the engineering isn't right or whatever the heck, but for whatever reason, but <laughs> I would love Gamebird to buy the rights, or because I I don't think that it would be relatively speaking a lot of money for them. Buy the the rights to the MXS and produce the MXS as yeah. is. And it would fucking sell because you know as well, you know, they're going to get it. Cert- they'll s- maybe not certify it, but, you know, any kind of qualms that people have with it or whatever the heck, like, are going to be fixed. And it's going to be a well-produced there. I mean, you see the facilities, like, mm-hmm. they're incredible. And it's going to be produced right. Yeah. And um, there'll be support. That, that, to me, would be a major game changer. And that would upset the SC market. And that would make it people would think about getting an SC. It would be if Gamebird was producing an, the MXS and call yeah. it the MXS. Who cares yeah. at that point? And don't certify it. I, I mean, there would be no reason to certify it to be single place. Yeah. Uh, but keep it experimental. Keep it absolutely. Build it under license, right? Like under yeah. license from MX Aircraft. And, yeah, prove and it. commit to 30 test. a year. Yeah, everything. Even yeah, 20 whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they whatever. But like, you know, like that would make people like be like, oh. All right. Well, I'm going to look at this now. And obviously we know the airplane's sick. I mean, it's it's an amazing airplane. People loved yeah. it in Red Bull, people loved it in in, you know, on Lemondant or whatever the heck. It's uh-huh. fine and seems to love it. Rob obviously uh-huh. lo- like it's a great airplane and it's proven. So yeah. like it's just that you know, we could speak about the which we should do a separate podcast on the MX, but like I think it's biggest um problem is production it is absolutely it's no support been. too you look but at it's um, always been production it's always been i mean they were almost not a company you know they it, were it very never, close to not being a company it never really was i mean like it is it's still kind of like, not yeah yeah like i mean i i'm not trying to, to sound mean here but like you know it was always like no, it's a hobby. A home, oh, it was a home builders type company. Like it was never everything was custom. You know, everyone's it, it and there's nothing wrong. With it. I'm just saying, like, but if no, if it just is like what it a, is. if extra, it, it, it's not like extra or Gamebird type facility was producing it. And if if Gamebird made a press release where like, hey, we we bought the rights to MXS, we're producing the MXS. Yeah, people would be like, oh shit, because now crap. like. Europe's going to look at it. All Phillips connections and wherever are going to look at it. The Russians would probably, I bet you the Russians would like that better than the SC. It would certainly, um, you know, I think, I think Rob, you know, I think we all give Rob Holland credit for 
his ambassadorship with the MXS, right? Um, he's he's one of, if not the best, and I I argue that he's the best aerobatic pilot that the world's ever seen overall. If you, if you take everything into account, I've said that before, and I I stand by it. Obviously, it's just no, an opinion, but he's a goat. He really is. He he's the goat. Um, and and he's not even done yet, which is incredible. He's yeah. He's he's got so much more career left in him. It's a, it's really incredible. Um, and the MXS is is largely the thing. I mean, you could, everybody can make the argument. Well, like he could do a lot in the SC and 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 still be Rob Holland and and that I, for sure. I I would, I would that still love too. to see one of my dreams, not dreams, but like I would love to see him in a Sukhoi. I feel like he would tear it up. Oh, it'd be amazing! It'd be amazing to see him. I I would love to see him in an SC. I'd love to see him uh, in an SC. I'd love to see him in a Sukhoi. Um, I think it'd be fun to see him do what he does in different airplanes. Um, yeah, I think it would be underwhelming in the SC because I think I think his hands are tied in that airplane. Well, what he could do certainly, certainly from a freestyle standpoint, it would be the yeah, most. Boring. I'm sorry, that's that's what I was talking. I was talking strictly freestyle. My bad. I love okay. That. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see him do. I'd love to see him do a resty, um, uh, you know, a sequence, and then I'd yeah. love to see an airshow routine, and then. Obviously, the airshow routine is so much more akin to freestyle, and I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, the the freestyle element of it would 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 suffer. Um, but he, you know, he really put he put MX on the map and has kept it on the map. I mean, without him, oh, he's the plug that, in the wall for that company. He's absolutely, absolutely it. People see him fly and they see what they can do, and they see what they can do without an SC, and they buy that airplane. That's that's really the 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 chain of yeah. of custody. Um, and how that goes. If somebody could produce that airplane in in the US, have some support, have higher numbers to where you're actually putting some of these out, you know, it's, I mean, what, how many MXs did we see last year get delivered? Uh, Odds got delivered. Um, two. Was it, or was uh, that? Odds even, and Robs. Was that even last year or the year before, like late? 2021 yeah. maybe it's it's two or less which is like okay so it's, you know that's nothing you know that that's it's it's not fair to the airplane and not no the it's not mean, because it's a you know like it, the airplane's to, fucking monster and you need to produce an more you need to produce more simply for development to to have airplanes flying to see what's wrong well, it deserves it. What, it it absolutely you know you can't like innovate without having airplanes flying it perform. It's got more performance than an SC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the highest performing uh, aerobatic airplane. Easily, I think it outperforms a thirty-one by a long shot too. Oh, I think it's everything. It, everything. Um, it, it's an incredible airplane. It just needs it, it, that. I mean, that airplane could fill it needs a, the market it needs gap so easily. A facility. It needs to be mm-hmm. produced. <laughs> yeah. You know, like what's his face's wing? How long did that take? Um, was it Scott Francis that had the uh, the bird strike? Yeah, that was relatively quick, to be honest with you. That was like for MX rather. I guess that's true. Maybe they gave you know, him and the only and the only the reason line. it wouldn't it was it was uh, relatively so like if that was extra, it probably would have taken the same amount of time. But the only reason it would have taken the same amount of time is because extra has a backlog. Yes. Yeah. You know, so it's two different types of like time weight. You know, uh, time uh, backlogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever the heck. Or, you know, so and so forth. But like, yeah, dude, I don't know if MX be, has a backlog at all. I mean, like they must. That would fucking stir up a ton of shit with advanced and limited aerobatics. And there's obviously zero money to be made in that category. 
and you know Stuart and Philip are listening to this like we would never do that and waste our money because there's no money in the unlimited arresty world <laughs> but like I don't know dude because because if you think about it, I'll counter that look yeah. look at how many people have composite monoplanes in lower categories you know if you had a, yeah. if that airplane was 350 grand turnkey or 300 yeah, grand the, turnkey the break-even point all said at the end of the day they'd have to sell like 100 of them at least I mean for them to do it right maybe they could you know you know everybody yeah. how many how many people do we talk to a day that are in need of an airplane with cash in hand and don't want to play don't want to pay ridiculous prices we talk to so many people i mean people well, everybody's talking about buying an airplane that's what i was going to mention before um thank you for oh my god you're like the segway king that's what i do <laughs> oh man you know what I, as far as price goes what i was going to mention before talking about airplane values and this and that and like they're obviously important and um whatever but you know if you look at what kids and and people are spending money today on um and so like you have people living in their in you know in a cliche statement their their parents basement that you know just bought a brand new you know corvette and which i know is a little bit less a lot less money than what we're talking about but like but the only reason they're able to get it is because you know there's a financing arrangement or a lease deal so yeah you know when are we going to see these airplane you know within i don't know a lot about ga and what's going on with ga like cirrus and and beechcraft but when is the financing department and lease deals or whatever the heck um gonna start becoming more apparent when buying new aerobatic planes or is there going to be more of a setup dealer network where they're gonna like if i have a used sc and i want to sell it and i need money quick that you know extra is gonna you know give me trade-in value quote unquote for my airplane and they're gonna sell it and be able to um supply financing arrangements so like I'm surprised when that this... hasn't been happening more, honestly. I'm surprised that's well, not a thing. I don't think the values were were that high until now, where I think it's it's worth putting some thought into. So yeah. like well, you look at I Textron, think... like um, you know, the GA world, speaking of the GA world, Textron owns Cessna, Beechcraft. What else do they own? I mean, uh, do they own like Ly- Lycoming? Gosh, no. I should know that. Um, but they own they own a, a ho- it's a conglomerate, they own a host of companies, but you can go on the website, order a Cessna 172 or a 182 and finance it through the website. You can do everything, right? I mean, 100%. There's no doubt yeah. they do dealer trade-in. Um, it's a whole thing, you know, because that's what the, that's what companies like that want. Um, they have that tiered setup, right? You can go buy a 172, sure. Oh, you want to trade up to a 182? Sure. Oh, you want a 206 now? Sure. Oh, you want a Citation Mustang? Sure. Um, yeah. And all the, along the way, you're trading in your old airplane um, and financing, um, and it's a, a very similar to you know cars or or anything else. I mean, very similar to other sales markets. Right. You know, we saw Gamebird do financing, right? Offer financing on the airplane. I think they were the first one to do that on an aerobatic airplane, where yeah. the company is saying, "Hey, come buy one and finance it. You can finance it. We got you." Because people people are idiots with their money, um, and especially ones that that don't have any. So it's like, smart. There's so many reasons why it, that's a smart way to do it, you know? Um, so like, it it's going to be it interesting gets, to see if we see that happening more 
you know, I mean, the only two brands right now are Extra and Gamebird. And Gamebird, they're going to have to do something, right? Yeah. Extra is going to have to do something. How how do you spend six hundred grand on an aerobatic airplane? Cash, you know. Back in the day, you know, when aerobatics was plentiful, there's there's this is undeniable. You know, when we had Matt Chapman on, and you talk about build, being able to build an airplane for twenty grand, you know, mm-hmm. a turnkey pits that is competitive for twenty grand, that. When you counter inflation or, or, or factor inflation and, and and things like that, yes, the aerobatic space has changed. K value has changed. Uh, the figures have changed. The competition has changed. Agreed on all that. But um, the barrier to entry has been raised by a factor of maybe 100. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. Um, and so you, you know, 20 grand back in the day, even for, you know, when you're scrapping together, uh, building an airplane over the course of six months to a year, Hey, that's, that's, you can do that. Right. Right. Who the hell is coming on, on to the space now with 600 grand and expendable. I, we know a lot of like, listen, we are pretty fortunate. And and I think we know a lot of people that have uh good money and make good livings and, and, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now. I, I make a good living and I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Um, I don't have 600 grand to buy an SC and I don't think I would ever be able to save up enough to have 600 grand. I don't save well enough to, to be able to, I'm not disciplined enough to be able to go buy one cash. Can you go do HELOCs, you know, and, and pull equity at your house and do some stuff like that. There's some creative ways to, to, to get into these airplanes, but experimental airplanes are not easy to be financed. They're not, you know, and, and a lot of places won't do it. They simply won't do it. It would be really smart, especially with extra ramping up operations in in Deland, um, and and setting up a dealer network, uh, or not a dealer network, but they are a dealer, right? Um, they are the west, they are the uh, the um, Western Hemisphere yeah. extra dealer. It's going to be extra now, so why not be able to go on the website, order an airplane, and then finance it through extra through obviously a, a bank that they are partnering partnering with, but. To have that option. It's not the airplane. It's not the airplane that people don't want to buy because it's 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 a money issue. Most I mean, I, this is kind of obvious to a lot of people, but like, yeah, you know, you you get that, you know, you picture that person walking into extra who knows that it can't afford it, going to look and it's and then the salesman, you know, comes out. It's like, all right, well, like we can we have have you heard about our financing deals? Yeah, like you can you can you can afford the monthly on this. Like, let's do it. Yeah, and. You know, and I understand why there's not a big push for extra to do that because they have a two-year backlog. Like, so, like, what's the need? To yeah, the, the, there's no um, skin in extra. To, yeah, to really do that, I guess. Um, yeah, they're. I guess they're at. They're. I mean, they. I'm assuming that they're um, operating at, you know, over ninety percent of uh, of their production. Yeah. Um. Right now, so like, they can't. It's just gonna put people on the three-year list so like and i until they unless they want to unless they want to grow the company yeah i guess i mean i don't know their you know i think from what i've heard i've heard that they they make a a good deal of money in uh parts you know like a seat breaks or a canopy breaks or this and that oh yeah i think that's where the bread and butter is but like we are putting um, eric and marcus through uh graduate school with breaking canopies in the united states alone i'm sure Oh yeah, we're giving them generational wealth. <laughs> generational wealth because we can't lock canopies. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, "Why don't they just make it better?" Well, I'll tell you why because they want us to keep fucking breaking them. That's why. <laughs> make it just fragile enough to where if you look at it, it fucking shatters. Why does this? Why does this gear suck? 
Well, because it's shears and they can't yeah. replace it for 40 grand. When it yeah. Yeah. No, but it's true. Um, when Marcus the, the fourth, fourth Marcus the fourth needs money. <laughs> <laughs> New Lambo. Yeah, exactly. No. Um, uh, we love them. But yeah, it's it, you're you're right. I mean, there there's no way that 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 manufacturing facility is operating at fifty percent. It's at ninety percent. It's maxed. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. It's taxed. You still have to you have to have you have to allot the time to make parts, right? So, like, if they're just making airplanes, they're not making uh, canopy shells. They're not making cowlings. They're not making gear yeah. fairings or gear. Um, you gotta you gotta make that as well and and support the fleet that. Um, that, that they've made without without growing that and god it would be great to, uh, you know be the cost would be really high and so i'm sure it won't happen but to see them do manufacturing in the united states for the u.s market would be incredible to stand up a manufacturing facility to maybe make the ng or something yeah. like that um well i mean huge. i think the amount of money to to get it set up with the right licensing and permit and this and that and and sort because i think everything over there is certified, you know, with, um, with, with, uh, Europe, however it is with their building permits and this and that and, and machinery. And so to, to ship all that here and set it up and, and get approvals and this, and I want oh, the whole thing. And then they would probably have to reapply for EASA being produced here in the United States with, cause it's a different facility, I guess. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's a whole thing, but maybe they could just expand their current factory. You know, if, if they do take if they if they open up financing and it's it turns out to be a huge revenue stream that does create that three year backlog, it's like, okay, well shit, we have three years worth of commitments and, and yeah. climbing. Like we actually do need to expand to meet the demand. Cause I don't think the demand you know, and that's the thing, is like we always say is like, oh, how how do we get people to compete? How come nobody wants to compete? Contests are, are canceling and people aren't into aerobatics. It's like Bullshit. Everybody wants to buy a fucking airplane. They can't. Yeah. You know, uh, aerobatics is alive and well. You know, I, I, I understand that there's a there's a consecutive duality here. Right. We, we do still need to get new people in we, uh, grassroots, uh, even though we're tongue in cheek a little bit. You know, I understand the the argument of, of getting people into into primary and sportsmen in, a, in an appropriate airplane that is affordable. Absolutely. It still holds value, um, still holds weight and is, is important. But everybody's trying to buy airplanes right now. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody's on the wait list for something or looking for something. I get I get messages and texts all the time like, hey, uh, if you know any uh, X, Y, and Z, if you hear anything, let me know. I'm, I'm in the market all the time. Yeah. Um, so th- I think the demand is there. And obviously, it's proving it. I mean, if um, if there's a you know almost a two-year wait for a 330 SC, that's the most – it doesn't get more utility-oriented than um, an SC. You're doing one thing with it. It's yeah. like buying an F1 car. You're doing one thing with it. Um, and if there's a wait list for that, you know, the demand is high. Totally. Well, what about this? I, I, I'm going to pose another thing. I think we may, may have uh, talked about this before, but, you know, Jim owning Southeast Arrow, Jim test flying his MXS. He owns an MXS now, or, you know, has, and it's delivered and it's, uh, he's, I think, flying it. Um, mm-hmm. He's been known to have a penny or two. He's a very intelligent human being, made some very smart decisions. What would stop him from partnering, Southeast Arrow partnering with MX and maybe him giving a little influx of cash 
and ramping up. If they tripled, if MX tripled their deliveries, right? Let's say that that brings them to 10, <laughs> right? Close to 10 um, airplanes a year. That's a big, that's a big jump. Yeah. If they could deliver yeah. 10 a year, um, that, that, that really would be something to see, you know? I wonder if he's, I'm sure he's thought about it or maybe, I don't know, but that's another option. Yeah. It's who knows. I mean, I, I don't see anything changing. It re- the realistic fact is that um, <laughs> we talk all this shit. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change, but yeah. like, you know, unless you have like a, a dozen people beating down the door saying how bad they want one, you know, nobody's going to, you know, it's hard enough to invest money in, in, in aviation as it is. And then yeah. you take aerobatics and it's like, that's basically like just taking lighter, just light money on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So just like, um, I don't think it's, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to happen. Um, as much as I, I would like to see it happen, but yeah. I think the best bet, which is like a 1% chance would be that game bird would, would buy it and, um, re-engineer it slightly and, and put it out to, to market. But I'm assuming that the, this day and age to get things approved and, the cost of setup and the molds and the jigs and this and that and the um the uh, ROI on that was it's just it's not realistic yeah you know it's like a uphill battle especially when it seems it's gotta like, be a passion project <laughs> yeah it seems like game it. game birds going in you know more of the uh commercial sector of, of aviation where there is money but um well and and in true business fashion you know you look at what zivco did and, and game birds following similar suit it's like okay here's a proof of concept we'll let you toy around with this you know the, i'm saying this is the investors right whoever's got you know writing the checks you you do this thing uh prove prove to me this and then uh we'll go after the big money and and you know zivco did that and i think game birds doing the same thing yeah so it's not that they're going to get out of the aerobatic space like like zivco did necessarily but um they might i don't know yeah well i Go found money all is. right i found our idea for the next podcast oh what we're gonna talk about okay um we're gonna talk we need to get somebody who knows about it but i want to talk about the extra 400 and 500 series aircraft you know what we we talked to eric and Marcus a long time ago about getting Walter on and getting Eric, maybe Eric and Walter on at the same time. Yeah. I just don't want to, we gotta, we gotta do that. Yeah. I don't want to waste the pocket and not waste, but like, obviously everybody I think wants to hear more aerobatic stuff from Walter. Um, I don't know. I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm kicking around the idea of in, in a couple of years getting a, um, you know, my, my mission is like four or 500 mile nautical ring. So I need, Mm -hmm like a a36 type airplane but i i know very little about the extra 400 which is it's a ga airplane i think it was really meant um for hauling cargo i think it's got a big gross weight um but i've heard i don't want to say i've heard but like there's something with the engine that people didn't like or something like that it has this funky motor in it um is it like a like a geared continental or something i think it's um I'm trying to find out right now, but I think it's what was it a liquid? Was it liquid cooled? Oh, interesting. No, that sounds that sounds really stupid, right? Well, um, it's a sorry, it's a Continental TSIOL. Yeah, it is. It's a six mm-hmm. cylinder, horizontally opposed, liquid cooled, turbocharged, intercooled, fuel injected, direct drive piston engine. Okay, 
So it's a Continental TSIOL-550-C Voyager. Wow. What is that? Yeah. I don't even know what other, what other engine that is used on. Um, oh, there's a lot, a lot of different models. So, oh, okay. So it's been in a 182, 206, 210, 3, Cessna 350, Cirrus. It's been in a Cirrus. I'm sorry, IO 550. I, I was that's wrong. Sorry, I read the wrong category. The TSIOL 550 was only in the extra 400 and in the Viper aircraft Viper fan. Huh. Fuck that is. Um, so I think maybe the engine is finicky, um, but I don't know. But it's cool. I don't know what they're going for. Last I looked, I think they were around the four hundred thousand dollar price range for like a mid-time motor slash airplane. Um, but I wonder if it's worth looking into. If I'm if I'm looking into you know an an A thirty six or you know a Saratoga or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's an interesting. It's pers- um, that's an interesting airplane to talk about because it almost bank- well, it did bankrupt the company. Um, yeah, and it's a cool airplane, but it just did exactly. not gain the popularity that um, that it should have. And I'm yeah. curious how, where it fits now. You know, that is really interesting to talk about. Yeah, you know, it's a selfish podcast because I want to know more about it. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um, see what happens. I like it. I like it. Anything else? Uh, well, we got loads of stuff to talk about, but you got to get, you got to get back to work. <laughs> I have to get back to work. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, uh, I forgot to tell everybody I'm, I'm in beautiful Cancun, Mexico right now on a, on a layover. And, uh, you know, it's, it's rough. It's rough. It the is weather's, rough. The weather's terrible. I'm in, I'm in shorts. It's, it's rough. It's rough guys. Yeah. I hope you get a tapeworm. <laughs> I might. <laughs> <laughs> After what I ate last night, uh, we'll see. Oh um, my god! But yeah, yeah. No, it's been nice. It's been nice to see sun the last couple of days. We, dude. I so I flew the extra yesterday, which was great. Hadn't flown it in a long time, so it was kind of nice to go uh, shake some dust yeah. off. Uh, and we just had so much rain and cloudy skies, and so it finally cleared up. Uh, or not yesterday, the day before, but it it, it was kind of clearing up, and and looks like it's going to be clear. Uh, in our area now um, with no rain on the forecast for the next 10 days, which is really nice, but it's been nice to get out and see some sun again, man. Yeah, I bet. I right, bet. I don't, know how, I don't know how you guys, Oh, it's fucking miserable. Yeah. It's like, it's actually not bad. It's just gloomy, you know, like overcast rain, you know, we'll yeah. get like a sunny day, but that's when, you know, it's the back end of a front. It's fucking windy as shit. Yeah. And yeah. Um, miserable, but we haven't had knock on wood. We haven't had snow yet. So that's been good. Um, oh, wow. it's pretty late in the season to not have snow, right? Yeah, at least not like a, not even an inch. So like, um, I don't know. I mean, almost through January, then we got February and March is still cold, and then April, you know, Mother Nature starts sprinkling in some some consistent 50, 50 degree days. Perfect. Um, that's that's warm up weather, baby. Oh yeah, that's when uh, I start loving my airplane again. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, it is, it's just fucking freezing. It's freezing yeah. here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude. Well, we'll just keep the jackets on for a couple more months and then it's, uh, yep. then it's game on. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Sweet, dude. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up and, uh, get out of here. 
and uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll try to figure out how to get somebody on to talk about the extra four hundred next week. Yeah, dude. that might be kind of interesting. I don't know. I, I so. don't know anybody that's flown one. Um, I know a couple people, but they're aerobatic guys. So if I get them on, I don't want to. Like I said, I don't want to waste time talking it. about it. Yeah, on a fucking traveling plane at that point, you know. Yeah, I want to get some some guy who you know wears his pants up to his nipples with loafers talking about the extra 400 <laughs> well you'll see <laughs> the thing yeah, is exactly yeah that might make me hate the airplane <laughs> it might <laughs> all right well thank you to lift aviation love you guys best uh aviation company right now in my opinion lift Easy. aviation usa they're the best love my helmet wore it again yesterday we're gonna talk about your helmet one of these days um, I barely used it. I know. It's, it's, you got to just wear it like around the house or something. I'll wear it in my Tesla. Yeah. He'll probably be like, oh, Elon came out with a new thing. That's pretty cool. Oh, it's the Tesla <laughs> helmet. Um, they're kind of the Tesla of uh, aviation gear, you know, pretty innovative. If you guys want to uh, check them out, www.liftaviationusa.com. Use the promo code FlyCoolShit for 25% off most items. Um, there's some new stuff coming. I keep saying that. Uh, just so just keep checking the website. Some new shoes, I think, are coming out. Um, some giveaways and promos are coming. Lots of good stuff. Go buy a helmet. Go buy some shoes. Go buy a kneeboard. Best kneeboards in the game, too. If you use a kneeboard, you definitely need to lift it. Uh, I agree with kneeboard. that. Yeah. Um, what else? Buy some shirts. Buy some shirts from Lyft, but buy some shirts from us, too. Buy a Fly Cool Shit shirt. Flycoolshit.com slash merch. Um, that's it. I think that's it. I'm going to go Michael, jump in the pool, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 